Hey friends, welcome to episode 64 of the Fierce Calling Podcast. I'm your host, Dara Swift, and I'm thankful that you are listening in today. And I have a show for you that you're going to want to hear. Dr. Donna Chaco is going to share her story and about her new book to help others find serenity and healing. But first, I wanted to mention that I'm currently booking my speaking calendar for 2022. And I'd love an opportunity to talk to you or the woman who gathers women for your events about speaking at your next women's event. So check out my page at daraswift.com and connect with me. So back to the show. On the outside, it looked like Dr. Donna Chaco had it all together. She had a rewarding career as a doctor. She had a beautiful family, a comfortable home. But on the inside, Donna's life was in turmoil. Her marriage was on the brink of disaster. Crises were brewing and her heart was breaking. But God So join me as I talk with Dr. Donna Chaco, author of Pilgrimage, A Doctor's Healing Journey, as she shares how a period of crisis in her marriage drew her back to God and drove her to surrender all to Him, and how now she is using what she discovered on her journey to help others find serenity and healing. So listen in while I have a chat with Dr. Donna Chaco. Welcome to another episode of the Fierce Calling Podcast. Today, I'm excited and blessed to welcome my friend to the show, Dr. Donna Chaco. She worked as a doctor for nearly 40 years, and now she promotes health of body, mind, and spirit in a ministry called Serenity and Health. Doesn't that sound so wonderful? She speaks and she writes blogs about so many topics that deal with faith and health. She currently lives in Maryland with her husband and loves reading, gardening, and being a grandma. Donna, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's uh, quite an honor. I appreciate it. We are so blessed to have you, and I am excited to have our listeners hear what you have to say today, what God is going to put on your heart to share. And you have quite a story, and it's just an amazing thing how we can share our stories and connect with each other. So I would love, Donna, if you would share a little bit about your story and how you're taking action where your passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Wow. (laughs) Big question. (laughs) So for for the listeners, I'm retired, so I have a long story, (laughs) but I'll give you the brief version. I was raised as a Catholic. My faith sort of drifted as I became very busy as a, a working physician and mother of three. And my uh, my faith was deep in me because I was raised in a faith, but uh, I just got too busy. And as my life got more complicated, as my marriage got more difficult. I eventually, in absolute desperation, came back to God and went through a period of crisis, really, and totally finally just surrendered. As I was nearing thinking I had to be divorced, I really was driven to my knees and surrendered everything, meaning my marriage and my children. And it didn't, nothing seemed like the right answer. And that was the only choice I had. And I did it. And it was really the turning point in my life. It didn't really turn out exactly the way I thought, though, because by this time, my faith was very important to me. And I went through this change. But uh, within a few years, my husband died. Mm. And at that point, I was 48. So my kids were in college or leaving for college. 
And I changed medical specialties to do primary care. I wanted to be able to work in some sort of a more general capacity or do volunteer work or something. And by this time, I was being pushed along a bit more by my faith. And, you know, you, Doris, you speak very fluidly about your faith and about God and things. But see, I wasn't raised like that. I was a doctor. And I, we didn't talk about God or ever pray in my home, period. So as I gradually transitioned from just plain doctrine and health to mixing that up with God, I became a little bit more fluid, I guess, about talking about it. And, and I learned so much when I, uh, I moved to Washington, D.C., and I worked with immigrants and I worked a recovery facility for homeless people. This was just an unbelievable experience in terms of broadening, changing my view about health. Mm-hmm. You know, I learned so much from my life experiences, from my marriage and from seeing patients. What I learned in medical school was, you know, greatly <laughs> expanded. And my version of health, I came to think of it as uh this fullness of health of body, mind, and spirit that you really couldn't have without God, without faith. And, you know, that's my, my message really that I learned and that to share that you, you have to have, you know, emotional health, you have to have some peace of mind, you have to have healthy habits, you, you obviously have to spend time with God and slow down and give him some space and time in your life. And you put all that together, be able to maximize whatever health God wants you to have. That's beautiful how you said that, Donna. As you were explaining all of that, how God took the book smart, what you learned, how he equipped you in medical school, Mm -hmm. and then you were able to go out into the world and apply that. And it's really a ministry of hands-on in a way that God had wanted you to apply it. And it reminds me too of biblically speaking, how when we read the word of God, we take it in. But it can't just be head knowledge. It can't just be things that we read and that we know and we keep to ourselves. It's something that is meant to have us go out into the world and share that and apply it to our lives so it becomes applicable to other people's lives and they can see how it applies to their lives too through our stories. So tell us more about your journey through coming back to the faith and as you were working with people, how that ministered to your heart will administer to other people's hearts too. Well, I have to say that my return to the faith was 100% driven by desperation in my marriage. Mm. And for the early years of my career, for all those marriage years, I was a radiation oncologist. And I think I did a good job, but I wasn't looking back very attuned to all of the deep stuff or the, the faith or the stresses that people were going through. But going through it myself was a different thing. And I I needed God to get through that. So you said it so well when you talked about the head. I had to get out of my head. Everything about my faith and my life was in my head. Mm. It was doing and thinking and planning and controlling. I was able to do that. You know, in a way, I had a life of privilege. I was a doctor. We were comfortable. And yet we were on the inside of our home, a big mess. Mm. So anyway, I got back to God. And I think Professionally, I I hope anyway that as I've matured, I was a better doctor. But I don't think I really fully understood. Well, I still don't fully understand. (laughs) But 
after I retired at age 64, and then I had time to think about all this and put it together in my head is when, uh, in a way, the pieces kind of fell together. And I was able to give God more time and space and listen, finally slow down and listen a little bit. It's hard to listen when you're in charge and just busy all the time, you know? Yeah. I want to go back to with something that you said in the beginning of our conversation, when you were talking about how surrender was a turning point for you, Mm -hmm. because that is so important. Surrender activates something. And I love to bring that up. It's coming out over and over and over again, how when we surrender everything to God, and as you said, pieces started to fit and things started to happen and they might not happen right away, but you, you just had to kind of give it all over to God. And I think that's so key in sharing about how struggles and how people would look at you and say, oh, Dr. Dada, she's got it all together. She's a doctor. She has this wonderful practice. She looks like she's living comfortably, but nobody really can see except for God, the mess that might be going on within a life or within the lives of people who appear to have it all together because yep. some of us have it all together until we have Jesus, you know? Right. Yeah, that surrender thing is interesting because it, it, of course, when you're going through it, you don't, it's not crystal, crystal clear. I mean, it became very crystal clear pretty soon, but it was just very messy for a very long, long time. And even though it is an absolute fact that that was a turning point in my life, no question about it, what I have learned is that it's not like you're done surrendering <laughs> because yes. as, as life goes on, you have lots of opportunities to surrender your will and your, your you know, your stubbornness over and over and over. Maybe the one crisis is a, gets you started on that process. I don't know how it works, but anyway. <laughs> But yeah. it's not like I have it all put together. Like, yes, I surrendered. I figured it out. Now I'm done. I'm coasting. No, 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 no. <laughs> Perfectly said. I love that you brought that up. The fact that it is a continual thing, just like our sanctification process is continual until mm-hmm. we are glorified, you know, mm-hmm. and we're with the Lord, you know, so that's amazing. And just to also bring up the fact being that your first marriage, that was such a struggle that that was a 27-year marriage, right? Yes, yes. Oh, it was a 27-year marriage. I know he loved me and I loved him, but man, we had an awful time and I'm sure he suffered in the relationship just as much as I did. But it and it mm-hmm. wasn't it was not good at all for our children, which was a huge part of the problem because you know, it's not good for kids to live in a totally yeah. dysfunctional home. But when I I said earlier it didn't turn out at all like I expected and that he died, the next part of the story is so remarkable too. I mean, I was uh, after he died. Then a few years later, I started a residency, a three year residency to retrain as a family doctor. I was really busy. But in the midst of that, in a random encounter in a church, I met this man. And the end of the story is that nine years after my first husband died, I was remarried. And now my husband is just a wonderful, wonderful man with a deep, deep faith. I learned from him every day. His faith is very simple. It's not all up his head, this complicated thing like mine. It's just, it's so, it's so beautiful and simple. I just love it. And deep, I've been very greatly blessed. And along with my three daughters, you know. Glory to God and how he redeems our stories, right? And heals us in ways that we would never fathom. I don't understand it, but that's what happens, you know? So I'm I'm grateful. Beautiful. And so how did you begin this journey? in writing. Have you written 
part of your life or did you just start this when you felt compelled by the Lord or how did that begin? Donna? Oh, I wrote a couple. I mean, I wrote medical articles through the years occasionally, but I started writing a self-help book after I retired because mm-hmm. I was starting to figure things out a bit and I almost finished it. But to be honest, it had a lot of facts and wonderful things, but it probably would have been boring for anybody to read. And I, and I realized that. And at the same time, I realized I read, I remember clearly I read a book that had a whole bunch of story details about the author and it was so easy to read and it made me want to read more. And I thought, wow, if I have a message, maybe if I, wrote a memoir and tell my story. But as I started down the road of trying to write a memoir, I realized, oh my goodness, this is not simple. And the next thing I knew, I was dealing with my childhood and how I got raised and trying to understand like, why did I get engaged to my first husband in six and a half weeks? Why was that again that I did that? And mm-hmm. trying to understand all these things, you know? Yeah. And uh, so it was a great period of personal turmoil, but in a good way to try and understand myself. And the end result is then that the final book, uh, six or seven years after I started the first, is telling the story and telling the lessons I learned about abundant health, you know, health that includes faith. Mm-hmm. And not that I achieved it and have it, but I know my path. Yeah. And I just feel compelled to spread that and have the privilege maybe of walking with other people as as they try and find their path and move ahead on their path. Yes. I love that you were talking about the first book being more of a self-help book. We have a lot of self-help books out there that don't have the component of faith or God and it's kind of missing something. Or like you said, you would Mm -hmm. feel like people would read it and it might be boring. But fact being that the next book then, God was in it. He was driving it and Mm -hmm. you were sharing about how he impacted your life and how he drew you unto him and how you got through things by faith and how interesting the difference, it's like a vast difference between going on our own strength or wanting to continually be in control of things and knowing that, you know what, there's freedom in releasing control to God who has all the control Oh, yes. I mean, control is tough. Yeah. You know, the things I realized through this process was I like to be in control of my schedule, of my time. I was obsessed about my time and using Mm -hmm. my time efficiently for my goal. Mm -hmm. And if you like that all the time, it... (laughs) It's not so easy to be generous and kind and sharing if you're only obsessed with your own goals. So to let go of that, uh, whether it be for more prayer time or for whatever, you know, for God, it's like, wow, those are those other surrenders I was referring to. Yes. You know, as a doctor, too, that it seems like doctors want to feel like they're in control because they're trying to help people regain health and come up with answers for people. People Mm -hmm. are coming to their doctor for definitive answers. And they're not just looking for like, here's a prescription. I mean, some might be, but they want to know, well, what's the root of this? What is causing this to happen in that you're like an investigative person looking into those things? Right. But Doris, you said something really important. You know, the doctor can't solve most problems because think about so much of suffering and that people go through has nothing to do with a disease, but has everything to do with bad stresses in their life or messed up relationships or terrible habits that they're unwilling to change. And, you know, a 15 minute doctor visit isn't going to touch that. You know, that that's part of my message. We do have to take 
steps to cherish this gift of health and our, our yes. temples that we have, you know, and it's not very easy. Life is complicated and hard. People's lives are so hard with money stresses and time stresses and family stresses and addiction and, you know, just the way it is. So it's not so easy, but I just feel you know, full of hope that there are little steps that you can start on the journey. And that's all it takes, a little step here, a little step there, and you're going to be better than you were. And God will be happier and you will be happier. <laughs> Praise God. What an amazing thing that you just said too. What a nugget of truth to share with a person who's listening today that oftentimes it isn't something that stems from a disease or some type of a medical thing. It has to do with our behaviors in our self-destructive behaviors. Yeah. I mean, we don't necessarily have to be engaging in behaviors that are self-destructive to the brink of self-harm or things like that, but just simple things like what we put in our bodies every day right. can make such a huge difference in how we feel and how we are effective for the kingdom work that God's calling us exactly. to do. Mm -hmm. So I love that you brought that up because it is so important to also take a little temperature check and check in with the Lord and, you know, Lord, show me the things that I need to change in my life that are not pleasing to you. Cause we might just do things, not even thinking about it, you know, cause oh, we've I, always done it. Yeah. Oh yes. And cause we're too busy to take the time to stop and think and, and just take five or 10 minutes to reflect on our lifestyle and how are we prioritizing our time? If, you know, we can find time for social media or TV or screen time, we should be able to find some time for prayer, right? Right. But if you never stop and slow down to think about it, you, you won't make those changes. Except for, you know, when we make the changes? When the crisis comes. <laughs> mm, absolutely. Yeah. Anyway. yeah. When the crisis comes, right. And so instead of being proactive, we're reactive mm -hmm. because of what we allowed to kind of happen because we weren't paying attention or taking time to rest. And like you said, reflect. I love that because I always feel like a change in direction begins with our reflection. Mm -hmm. When we look in the mirror and we see our reflection, you know, what is it that we're looking at? What is it that we see? And we can't really see into our own souls and our hearts or even deceitful. We can't trust them all the time. So allowing God to bring out our true reflection and, and what he wants to do in our lives and just spend a time with him and hanging out. Like I'm so enjoying hanging out with you today. Donna. <laughs> yeah. So I love the fact that you went from medicine to ministry, but tell us more about what are the kind of things that a reader would find in your book that would meet a need that they have? Well, I think just the fact that kind of what I just said a moment ago, that health is broad. It's not just a disease and that healing is broad. So if you don't feel so good, maybe you're tired or stressed or you're just busy and your kids are home and there's a pandemic, you don't know about the money and on and on and on. The most important thing is to realize if you just give yourself the privilege of a few minutes each day to stop and reflect and get God's help and think about whether you can make a change. Can you watch TV less? Can you go to bed earlier? Can you find just 10 minutes to exercise? these little things along the way make a huge difference. And if you slow down, I think you'll also be able to do better with relationships and start thinking about, uh, am I just reacting without thinking about things all the time? It, it, you know, we are, we're up in our heads and we're reactive and we don't listen. Mm -hmm. And the answer to all of these things involves some slowing down and trying to stay 
aware of the moment. Yeah. It's not a quick process. You can't just say, I'm going to do it and then do it. it it's, a, it's a slow process that involves giving yourself some time and reflection and maybe a meditative practice of some kind, uh, taking care of habits. And I think the root of it, the most important of all of it, and however you wish to do it in your faith, is giving God time and space in your life. Yes. That's beautifully said, giving God that time and space and just everything after that is something that he can then do a mighty work in. Your ministry is the fact that you're called and you don't say you're just called, you're deeply called. That is a fierce calling uh, to help (laughs) others. And you want them to find serenity, health and closeness to God. And I just love that word serenity. You just say that word, you look at that word. It just gives such a feeling of peace. And I think that's what we're looking for, right? Yeah. I mean, we are looking for peace in all the wrong places, right, Donna? Mm-hmm. I'm glad you like that word. I love that word too. I don't know why. It's just yeah. a beautiful word. Just serene. You just picture like sitting by a babbling brook or yeah. like, <laughs> it's so funny. I don't know if you've seen that potato chip commercial. She's sitting on a bench with her friend. She's obviously, I guess, on a break at work, maybe on her lunch break, and she's eating chips and there's a mist in her face. I think they're the Cape Cod chips or something. Oh, yeah. And she's eating these chips and her friend's trying to snap her out of it. And she's like, I'm on the Cape. And then it pans out and there's this guy gardening and and you see that it's a sprinkler that's misting her face. It's not the (laughs) surf or whatever. So it's kind of a beautiful picture that we can think about. And it's just how God wants to meet us in the quiet place, you know, mm-hmm. which is peaceful. And we need so much peace from him because the world is loud and we just cannot find rest for our souls in the things of this world. Right, Donna? Yeah. And I think the the last year has just um, made it that much more difficult. One of the things that I've been really interested in was stress and in the family practice clinic working in Washington is when I kind of really started to understand the impact of stress on health and well-being. Like 70% of the complaints that people had when they came to the clinic were were all stress-related. Could be high blood pressure, headache, backache, insomnia, many, many, many things, diabetes getting worse. I have a program available that your listeners can sign up for if they're interested about a faith-based stress reduction, because stress just is one of the big factors. And the thing of it is, the more you trust, the more you surrender, the less stress you have, you know? So I'm not a Christian because I think it's a free stress reduction program, but that's kind of like a bonus. Nice. Yeah. I love that. And you know, coming straight from the mouth of a trained doctor who has seen all of these things. We've always heard, you know, what stress can do, but we really don't understand the depth of what stress can do to our bodies. And, and so when we think about it, oftentimes the stress in and of itself comes from a, a place of feeling trapped where we are or trapped in our situation or trapped in our circumstances. But God is there with us. And you may even touch on this in your book or talk about it. It takes a a change in our perspective Mm -hmm. of where we are, where we've been placed. How how can God use us where we are and how we react to it? Right, Dr. Donna? Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) That's that you said it right. That's called reframing Mm -hmm. (laughs) from the, the therapist. You know, like if you think somebody is treating you rude because they're so cold and you're very annoyed and you're just hurt and angry because they treated you rude. Reframing it is saying like, now I remember 
her daughter's in the hospital. She's really, really sick. She must, mm-hmm. that woman wasn't really rude. She was just worried about her daughter. She didn't even think about me. And that's just what you said. Yeah. I love that you used that term and brought that to light, reframing, because it's not about giving people permission to treat us badly or for permission for us to treat others badly or permission for us to look at things and try to make excuses. But it's a way that we can see things through a biblical worldview, through godly lenses Mm -hmm. instead of worldly lenses, which Mm -hmm. would tell us that we have to protect ourselves at all costs and that we have to defend ourselves and that we have to be insulted in and that we have to fight back and all of that, which, yeah, in some cases, that might be something that God would lead us to do. And he fights our battles, but there's a way to do it the right way. Still, when we see things through a godly perspective, like you're saying, there's a reason why people lash out or act ugly. You never know what their life has been or -hmm. what they're going through too. Mm -hmm. And seeing people as made in God's image, although they may not see themselves that way. And we might be the light that could share. Just kindness can do Mm -hmm. such a big Mm -hmm. thing in people's lives Mm because especially when they're going through a struggle or they may not have always been the most pleasant person to deal with in someone's kind. I think it surprises people, doesn't it? Mm. Yes. Yeah. The power of a smile even. Yes. And sometimes that's all someone might need for that day. Mm -hmm. And Mm. to know that God is the God who sees us. Elroy, he's the God who sees us. And sometimes people just need to know that they're seen. Yeah, that's beautiful. And just being kind can really diffuse a situation. Doris, there are some studies showing that smiling changes your own brain. The more you smile, your brain starts thinking positively and you're in a better place. It's very remarkable. It's another one of those bonuses we get. Beautiful. Let's smile and not worry about those little wrinkles that might appear after we do that for years. Because those mean that we've blessed people with something that they need. But also, and I love how you brought that out. It blesses us. It just makes us feel that we have connected with someone. Yes. So, but I love this, Donna. This has been such a wonderful conversation today. And I feel like the things that you have shared have been so beneficial in just your whole ministry of health, your background in health, of course, and then seeing how that's just a part of it and how it has to connect Mm -hmm. mind, body, spirit, connecting. Because God created us as a whole being. Like he didn't just create our physical body and leave us empty inside. So tell us more about how the listener can connect with you. Oh, I would love to. Well, first of all, I'd love to hear from anybody and everyone. And my email will be on the show notes. My website is serenityandhealth.com, A-N-D. So serenity and health, three words. And I have a blog. I mentioned the less stress program that you will have access to as well. And the thing that I'm really excited to say is that I'm going to be able to offer your listener, Doris, the first chapter of my book. So you can read it and see if you think it's something you would like to read, which I hope you will. Cause I, I, I don't know. I feel that especially for women, you know, there's a lot of women's issues, you know, why do we do what we do in relationships mm-hmm. sometimes? Why, why would I, you know, and it, so hopefully it will provoke some good, healthy healing thoughts in the book. So those are the three things that I'm happy to share. And uh, if you have any questions, really sincerely, please email me. I'd be happy to 
answer you. I'm on Facebook and Twitter as well. I'm on Facebook under my name at Donna Chalco and also at Serenity and Health DC. So that's it. That's my connections. Thank you, Donna. That is so generous and so exciting, you know, that we can get an opportunity to read the first chapter of your book and see what it's all about and then go forward and actually purchase the book and not only for ourselves, but to read it and also be able to share it and tell others about it so that it can be used. Churches can order copies and use it in ministries and women's ministries may want to order and give them away as door prizes at their events or whatever. There's a plethora of ways that this book can get into people's hands because it's not about selling a book. Oh, absolutely not. And I wanted to just say to your listeners, if there are groups of you or church groups or book clubs that would like to have some sort of a a group event or like with the less stress program, it's a three session thing. If a group wanted to do it and have me participate in some way. I mean, the whole point is me journeying with others to be with you somehow. So I'm open to all those things. Yeah. And it's so biblical because we are to do our thing together, right? It's like, you know, we're the church, we're to lift each other up and encourage one another, come together. I mean, I can see God using you, Donna, in groups like you were talking about and inviting you on a Zoom call and just have it on the screen for the whole group to see and converse with you. And there's a lot of exciting opportunities. And, you know, like we said earlier, it's not about selling a book. Although it's important to have book sales when you write a book, but it's about the message that God's given you to share. And it's that message. It's not self-promoting. It's promoting his message. Know God and make him known is what we're yes. called to do. And, and let us figure out a way to have his people be more healthy so we can yes. celebrate better with our bodies. Exactly. Because for our fierce calling, you know, we need healthy disciples that can go forth. And that's not to say that God can't use us in the depth of despair or difficulties, but a healthy disciple can make healthy disciples. That's so important. And so I thank you for being on today. It's been such a pleasure and a joy. Well, I'm very grateful for you having me, Doris, and it's been really a lot of fun. Thank you so, so much. And congratulations on your wonderful ministry. Really, you do great work. Praise God. Thank you. That's such a blessing to me. And I hope to have you on again sometime. It be a pleasure. And I'll put all of those things in the show notes at doraswift.com so people can find you. Okay, super. All right, friend. Well, we'll talk soon. Okay. Thank you, Doris. Thank you for listening today. I hope what Dr. Donna shared blessed you and the conversation has brought to light some things in your life that perhaps you need to rethink, reframe, and take a step back and take a breath to make changes that are positive for both your health and the health of those around you. Remember, sometimes we do feel like we're trapped. We do feel like we don't have a choice as to what is going on currently in our life, but God has plans for us and to trust in him and not knowing exactly how long a season it will be can be hard sometimes, but to know that he creates seasons for just the right length of time. But it also reminds me that seasons are not always so cut and dry. So to be still and to know he is God 
And I love this plaque that I had given my grandmother. And when she passed away, I was able to get it back. And it's hanging right here in my office. And it says, a day hemmed in prayer never unravels. And sometimes we can feel like our life's unraveling. But know that when we surrender to God, the things that so beset us and so exhaust us, we can just look to him for refreshment and rest. And I wanted to read a scripture that is so comforting. Psalm 40 verses two and three says, he also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. He has put a new song in my mouth. Praise to God. Many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord. I hope you join me next time when I talk with another woman who is taking action where her passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Until then, friend, have a blessed week, and I'll talk to you soon.